Welcome to our newest Hearts Unite the Globe hug patrons. Annie Olchek, we sincerely appreciate your support. Thank you for joining our community and making a difference through Patreon. Judy Miller, thank you for being our first Buzzsprout supporter for Bereave But Still Me. Buzzsprout started a new program where you can actually support the podcast of your choice. There are so many ways you can support Hug. All you have to do is visit our website, heartsunitetheglobe.com, to see how you too can help empower, educate, and enrich the lives of individuals in the CHD and bereaved communities. Thank you all for your continued support. I think that the biggest thing that I have learned and would share with people is that your voice matters and that your voice can make a difference, even if you are just one person. Welcome to Heart Month 2022. Here is another episode in our Wednesday Writer Chat series of Heart to Heart with Anna. I am Anna Jaworski and the mother of an adult with a critical congenital heart defect. My child is 28 years old, my inspiration, and the reason I'm the host of your program. Today's show is Beauty Queen author, and our guest is Faith Brackett. We'll start today's program by learning a bit about Faith and her health condition. In the second segment, we'll talk about how Faith came to write a book. And in the final segment, we'll talk about how Faith started Tablet Talk and what all of that means. Faith Brackett was born in the mid-1990s with HLHS. She's had eight open-heart surgeries and was the first child to undergo what is now known as a biventricular repair. She also received a valve-in-valve tricuspid replacement via the cath lab, which to me is just amazing that they can even do that. Faith has a bachelor's degree in K-8 elementary education and a minor in psychology. Faith has worn many hats, including educator, advocating for people with CHD, serving with CHD organizations. She's a member of the Ultimate International Miss Organization. She's an author, the founder of CHD Tablet Talk. She's a speaker, a content creator, blogger. She helps her mama and me with the Heart Community Collection when we get stuck on things. (laughs) She's great at teaching us new ways to use Canva. So an all-around awesome person. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna Faith. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to get a chance to talk to you, especially since your mama told me that you had the first biventricular repair. I was so astounded at that. Yes. That's pretty complicated. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about how old you were when you had your biventricular repair and anything else that you think we should know about that surgery? Absolutely. So I don't remember much of the ins and outs of it because I was only seven years old when I received it. And for many HLHS patients, as your viewers probably know, and as you know as well, the typical three-stage procedure, the last stage is the Fontan. And I was not a candidate for the Fontan, nor was I a candidate for transplant. So my surgeon down at Boston Children's, Dr. Pedro Donito, he is my absolute hero. He said, hey, why don't we try this? I've never done it before, but let's see. And so there was... The biventricular repair, and I'm so happy that it was successful. Okay, so you were seven when you had that. That was not your first surgery then. Your no. first surgery was probably when you were a baby. Yes, my first one was when I was four months old. 
Okay. That was your fourth surgery? The bivent was, yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Okay. So you had your first surgery when you were four months old. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming it was something like a BTT shunt. Do you know? It was the Damus K. Stanzel. Oh, my gosh. That's what my kid had. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you had a Damus K. Stanzel. And then that was when you were four months old. So mm-hmm. did you ever have a hemifontian or a bidirectional glen? I did have the glen. So then I had the Norwood. Okay. Then I had the glen. And then I had fabuloplasty. Then the bivet. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's a lot to have gone through. And so most of it that you went through, you were still really young. Yes. Now, do you remember the surgery when you were seven years old? I don't honestly remember much of it. Your anesthesiologist did a good job. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you don't remember this. That means it wasn't traumatizing because I know having that many operations, it can be traumatizing because your parents are nervous. Kids are smart. They pick up on that kind of thing. Wow. Okay. So then I found out that you had the valve and valve tricuspid valve replacement. And I don't think they've been doing that very long either. I don't think that they have. They have been doing them in the pulmonary position and I believe aortic position as well. But the tricuspid and the mitral are a new position. And so when I was 18, I had my tricuspid and my mitral valve replaced via open heart surgery. Oh. And then we were weighing out the options, deciding which kind of valve we wanted to go with. And ultimately, my team and I decided that the tissue valve was the right move for me. And my surgeon said, oh, by the time that you'll need a replacement, we think that it'll be commonplace that we'll be doing it in the cath lab. And we were like, Really? And lo and behold, in 2021, I needed a valve replacement in the tricuspid position, and they were able to do it via the cath lab, which was absolutely amazing because though still very traumatic and a hard procedure to go through as cath is much easier to recover from than. Yeah, a lot of times you guys end up going home the same day, which is nice. You don't even have a long hospital stay. Yes. So... You had the valve and valve replacement. Do you know how that works? I don't. So my cath doctor, interventionalist, Dr. Diego Porres, he explained it to me and it was in a way that really eased my mind. And we all know by no means what they're doing right there is easy, but he explained it and he goes, oh, I'm just going to bring the valve up through your vein. And then he goes and then I'll pop it in and I'll balloon it out. And so that's how he explained it to me. I'm sure there's much, much more that goes into it than that. But now that's what I had read because I was curious about this. Mm -hmm. And sure, they put the valve, they squish it up and they put it in their delivery device. Mm -hmm. And they thread that into your body, which to me is just amazing that they could carry something like that over there. And it's all squished up. And then when they get to the right place, boom, they release it and it pops open. This is amazing. I just can't believe they can do it. And somehow or another, it sticks. It sticks in the right place. It is amazing. So wonderful that you don't have to have open heart surgery for that again, because, wow, that is just so fast. That's the other thing is that with open heart surgery, there's a lot of prep that goes into it. It's yes. hours and hours long. Whereas with these catheterization, they're calling them hybrid procedures. 
they're just so much faster. So I'm so glad that you were able to get your other valve replacement done with the cath lab instead. Me too. (laughs) And you haven't had any problems with that valve? It's been looking good and looking stable, which is always the news we want to hear. Right, exactly. Wow. Okay. One thing I didn't mention in your bio, but since I just took a picture of you, I know it's true, is that you're involved in pageantry. And so, friends, I'll be sharing some pictures that Faith has shared with me and the one that I just took with her and me. She actually has her sash on. What sash is that that you had on? Yes. So I am currently the 2023 Ultimate International Ms. Maine, which is very exciting. That is exciting. And you've been involved with pageantry for a long time. Can you tell me how you got involved in beauty pageants? I actually started doing them because my younger sister started doing them first. And so I watched her do them and was like, this looks like a lot of fun. And so there was one that we did together. And now I am serving with the Ultimate International Miss Organization. And this organization is all about service and making the ultimate impact on the cause that you are passionate about, which is so incredible. And I'm so lucky to be part of this organization. So did you have to compete against your sister in the first pageant you took part in? We didn't because we were in different age divisions. She was still quite a bit younger than me then. It's really unusual that the younger sister does something that the older sister jumps on board with. Usually it's the other way around. Usually it is the opposite. She's always been the adventure seeker. And then I'm usually her little cheerleader. I love that. So what's the most important skill you've developed through pageantry? I definitely think public speaking. When I was in high school, I was probably the most shy person that you would ever meet. I would not want to talk to anyone. I wouldn't say anything. And now through pageantry, I've been able to gain skills and really learn how to effectively communicate with anyone. Home Tonight Forever by the Baby Blue Sound Collective. I think what I love so much about this CD is that some of the songs were inspired by the patients. Many listeners will understand many of the different songs and what they've been inspired by. Our new album will be available on iTunes, Amazon.com, Spotify. I love the fact that the proceeds from this CD are actually going to help those with congenital heart defects. Enjoy the music. Home Tonight Forever. This content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The opinions expressed in the podcast are not those of Hearts Unite the Globe, but of the hosts and guests, and are intended to spark discussion about issues pertaining to congenital heart disease or bereavement. You are listening to Heart to Heart with Anna. If you have a question or comment that you would like addressed on our show, please send an email to Anna Jaworski at Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. That's Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. Now, back to Heart to Heart with Anna. In the last segment, we learned about Faith, her medical history, and how she got involved in pageantry. And in this segment, we're going to talk about her books. So first of all, tell me what books or resources you had available to you when you were growing up. Honestly, not many. And you would know this as well because your daughter is about the same age as me. And 
in the mid-1990s, there, there really wasn't much. And so that's why it's so incredible being now almost 20 years later, 30 years later at this point, there is so many incredible resources like this podcast, like different nonprofit organizations, books, you name it, it's out there. And that's so incredible. And so I co-authored a book with my mom and my sister, and it's called Nellie and Ellie's A Heart Like Mine. And it illustrates a game that my mom played with me while I was in the hospital that helped me gain a little bit more sense of control with everything that was going on. But also it was able to help me get my mind off things. Really? I didn't know that your mother was one of the co-authors of that. I only thought it had your sisters and your name on it. Yes, it was the three of us. We did it together. That is so special. Okay, so you have to tell me about this game you and your mom played because I have a feeling this is something my listeners will want to know about. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of fun. And so it's called, or it doesn't really have a name, but it's like the candy game. And so we would bring little like prepackaged individual candies with us to pre-op days or whatever it might be. And if the doctor or nurse, now mind you, they all do a great job. But if the doctor or nurse did a good job, then they would get a piece of candy. And so we'd keep this game a secret just in case we didn't want to hurt anyone's feelings or anything. But we would establish these rules, I guess you would call them, that would determine if they got the candy or not. And so my least favorite part, which I'm sure some people can agree with me, was the blood draw. And yeah, no fun at all. But the rule with that was if they got it on the first try, then they'd get candy. If they... Uh yeah. yeah. And if and they probably don't know this. No, they don't. Everything was a complete secret until they were getting ready to leave. And then okay. but if they missed it and they got someone else to do it, give it a try, then they still got candy because no one's perfect and everyone makes mistakes. But it was just a fun way to gain some control, but also get your mind off everything that was going on because those pre-op days are tough. They are so tough. And what a neat way to divert your attention. Instead of you thinking about what's happening to you, you're thinking about what you can do. Absolutely. I love that idea. Okay. So in Nellie and Ellie's A Heart Like Mine adventure, do you talk about that? What else do you talk about in the book? Yeah. A lot of it's just illustrating that game, but then it's about how when you have a heart like Nellie's that... You sometimes have to do things a little bit differently, and that's okay. Oh, I like that, too. So people could use that whether they have a heart defect or some other kind of chronic condition. Absolutely. It would really fall under a large umbrella. I know that you have been working super hard to get your book into hospitals and around the world, which I think is amazing. So tell me how you're doing that. That is one of my goals for 2023 is to get it into as many hospitals and specifically CHD facilities that I can. And so I've just been reaching out to child life specialists, social workers, cardiologists at these various hospitals to see if they would like this resource. And so it's been a lot of fun being able to send it all throughout. It is. Now, what I have found when I've tried to do something like that with my children's Mm -hmm. book is everybody wants it for free. Have you actually found that some of the hospitals are willing to pay for it? I offer it by donation, and so I haven't. Okay, so you haven't been asking for the hospitals to buy it. No. Have you had a single hospital say, no, I don't want it? No, I haven't. I didn't think so. (laughs) How awesome is that, though, that you have this resource that everybody you've contacted so far wants? 
So how many different states have received your book? Do you know? I believe. So I just started this past month. And so I think we're. Oh, you've only been doing it for a month. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. And how many do you have? And so right now I'm in the process of reaching out to a few, but I know for sure that it's in Hasbro Children's Hospital in Rhode Island. Oh, awesome. My dad was born in Rhode Island. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So Hasbro, like the children toy manufacturer, they have a hospital there named for that? I don't know. I noticed that correlation when I reached out to them. I'm like, hmm. so I'm not actually sure on that. But that's a good point. I'm going to need to look that up now because yes. I'm curious about that. So you've just started. This is a new goal for you. Something yes. brand new for this year. Okay. So how do you think you're going to be able to do this? Aside from reaching out to the child life specialist, are you having to also secure the donations from other people so you can have the book printed and sent to them? Or are you doing this with electronic books only? So they are the hard copy books or the physical copy. And I'm just taking it day by day and I'm excited to see how far it can go. So do you have a website where if somebody would like to help donate a copy for the hospital where their child is being served, can get one where they can help make a donation? That would be awesome. If you go to our Tablet Talk website, which is something that we'll be talking about, I think, in a few minutes, which is my nonprofit. But if you go to www.chdtablettalk.org, there's a give button right there. And if you just specify in the memo that you'd like it to go to that, we can definitely make that happen. Okay, this is great. So you have this nonprofit. Let's talk about your nonprofit and how that's related to the book. Because I think you're like me. I think you wear a lot of different hats and you're involved in a lot of different projects. Yeah. Is the Tablet Talk and the publication of your children's book, are they related? So they're not related in a sense directly. But so what Tablet Talk is, is I'll start there, is it is a nonprofit organization that I founded that aims to keep pediatric cardiac children connected and engaged while they're experiencing extended hospital stays. And I'm sure, as you know, it is very difficult having a child in the hospital and it's very difficult being a child in the hospital. And sure. a lot of these kids, the younger ones, don't have their own devices, whether that be a tablet or phone, whatever it might be. And so the main thing that we do is provide tablets to those children in need, which we identify through nonprofits or child life specialists and social workers at the hospitals. So it's been incredible being able to provide that. And the other thing that we love to provide along with those is different resources from various nonprofits or books and different other comfort items as well. And so anything that we can do to help make that hospital stay is not going to be easy, but a little bit easier. So now that you have published this book, would you send a tablet plus a copy of the Nellie and Ellie book as well? Yes, we actually partner with Valiant Works Publishing and send a copy of it that way. Anna Jaworski has written several books to empower the congenital heart defect or CHD community. These books can be found at Amazon.com or at her website, www.babyheartspress.com. Her bestseller is The Heart of a Mother, an anthology of stories written by women for women in the CHD community. Anna's other books, My Brother Needs an Operation, The Heart of a Father, and Hypoplastic Left Heart Syndrome, a handbook for parents, will help you understand that you are not alone. Visit babyheartspress.com to find out more. 
Heart to Heart with Anna is a presentation of Hearts Unite the Globe and is part of the Hug Podcast Network. Hearts Unite the Globe is a nonprofit organization devoted to providing resources to the congenital heart defect community to uplift, empower, and enrich the lives of our community members. If you would like access to free resources pertaining to the CHD community, please visit our website at www.congenitalheartdefects.com for information about CHD, the hospitals that treat children with CHD, summer camps for CHD survivors, and much, much more. In the last segment, we were just starting to learn about Tablet Talk, but I know there's even more to learn about that. And we were learning about Faith being an author. Tell me what kind of feedback you have gotten on your book. I'm really curious about that before we talk more about Tablet Talk. The book feedback has been really awesome because, like I said, it's a game, but it's just something a little bit outside of the box that my mom thought of. And you can tell that the game is going to be very helpful to many kids. So you believe that other children are picking up your game idea and running with it? I think so. I love that. So children all over the world can be judging or or not judging, but it gives them a little bit of control. And they can be the ones to actually do something instead of always being the ones that are having things done to them. They're the ones who can say, here's a Hershey's kiss or whatever it is that you're giving. Hershey's kisses would be perfect to to give to somebody because they did a great job with you and made it a little bit less scary or a little bit less painful. So I love that. Now let's talk about the tablet talk because my heart warrior was 17. When she had her last procedure, it was a Fontier revision. And I don't know, I guess we were unrealistic because she'd lived with a Fontier for almost 17 years prior. We really didn't think it was going to be hard for her body to adjust to a revision, but it was. Yeah. And she was in there a long time. I don't know what she would have done without her iPad. Mm-hmm. So I think these tablets are probably a godsend for so many of the children who receive them. So what kind of feedback have you received from the children who have had a tablet? And is that just something that it's almost like a rented thing where they only get it while they're in a the hospital and then it gets passed on to the next child? Or is that something they take home with them? Yeah, so that's on a case-by-case basis. The ones that are donated to the hospital, obviously those are jump from patient to patient, but then there's some cases where an individual receives one and then they can, it's theirs to keep. So just what kind of feedback have you gotten? I imagine the kids love it. Yes. The feedback that we have received from parents mostly is that it's just such an incredible relief for them to, I get little pictures of them sitting in their bed and playing on the tablet and you can just tell that they're engaged which is incredible because they can sit and play little games or watch Netflix or do whatever that they want to do to just keep busy because you don't feel good. Or if you are starting to feel good, you really can't get up and do much of anything. And so you can tell that it's just a huge relief. And it's so rewarding and such a blessing to be able to provide that to these kids. Absolutely. So is the tablet like an iPad or is it... I don't know. My sister had a Lenovo that was like a computer, but it was also like a tablet. So that allowed her to go on the internet because you just made it sound like maybe you could surf on the internet with it. 
Yes. So what we use is the Amazon Fire tablets. And so I would say they're similar to iPads. I'm not sure what your sister had. I'm not familiar with those, but I would say that they're similar to iPads. Okay. It's similar to an iPad. So they could play some games. Yeah. Does it come preloaded with certain games or is it just something that they go out on the web and find themselves? So there's an app store and so they can download whatever they would like. Oh, wow. That's really nice. And there's so many apps out there. I'm sure they have I'm sure they don't have any problem finding something that oh, will no. appeal to them. And yeah. what's really cool is that they have so many apps now, even for little kids. Absolutely. My granddaughter's only four. She knows how to use her daddy's phone. Yep. And she knows how to use the tablet. It's amazing. She probably uses it better than I do. The kids <laughs> these days. I'm always so amazed whenever I see the kids use the devices. And I'm like, oh, wow. Because they've just grown up with them their whole life. It's second nature. I know. It is second nature to them. You're been such a philanthropist in your life that I'm wondering what the future holds for you, Faith? That is a great question. I always say I'll wait and see what God's plan is, but I am excited to keep doing what I'm doing and advocating for CHD and see what the future holds. I'm so pleased to know you and to have spoken with you, but I have one last question for you. And that is, what's the greatest lesson that you've learned in being an advocate for the CHD community? I love that question. What a great way to end things off. I think that the biggest thing that I have learned and would share with people is that your voice matters and that your voice can make a difference. Even if you are just one person, you as one person can make a change. Oh, I love that. That is so true. And your story matters. And that's one of the things I love about you and My Heart Warrior Hope. You all have shared actually very private information with the world with the hope that by sharing your story, you can help somebody else. And I know that your story does. You were featured in your mom's magazine. I love that. It was so beautiful to see you in all your pretty outfits. And I'm sure that gives a lot of people a lot of hope because you might think, oh, my chest has been cut open and I have this big scar. Nobody's going to think I'm beautiful. And you just completely dispel that myth and let people know, even if you do have a scar, you can still be beautiful, which of course we heart moms all know, but maybe... Heart Warriors don't know that as well. So thank you so much for coming on the program today, Faith. Thank you so much. I had so much fun. I did too. This was a lot of fun. I love talking with people. And so it was great chatting with you. Good. I enjoyed it so much. So that does conclude this episode of Heart to Heart with Anna. Thanks for listening today. Tune in tomorrow for our CHD Spotlight Series. And remember, my friends, you are not alone. Thank you again for joining us this week. We hope you have become inspired and empowered to become an advocate for the congenital heart community. Heart to Heart with Anna with your host, Anna Jaworski, can be heard at any time wherever you get your podcasts. A new episode is released every Tuesday from noon Eastern time.